Welcome to the Resonate Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's message from Pastor Jacob. Well, thanks for coming again, church. We're in week two of a vision and mission and uh, church DNA and accents um, sermon series called This Is How We Resonate. And we spoke last week about the church's vision and, and we talked just overall that, you know, What's the point of a vision and a mission statement if if people don't know it? And so sometimes people can have these sounding amazing, long-winded vision and mission statements, but no one remembers it and therefore no one's actually outworking it. And so it's all it is is words on a page. So we aim to have a short and sharp vision and mission statement that, as Toby would say, can be put on a T-shirt. Um but one that we can actually remember, one we can actually live our lives out of. And so last week we spoke about the following, um, that our vision is to amplify the gospel in a new sound and the question around that is, well, what's that new sound? And that new sound is, is all hands working and the sound of many feet on mission. You know, we want to move away from the, the common church rule where 20% of the people do 80% of the work to 100 or 90% of the people doing 100 or 90% of the work, not uh, 10% of the people doing 90% of the work, as some thought I said last week, but that everyone's on mission together, that it's not about a person up the front, it's not about a select few, but it's about every single person just outliving what God has called them to do and we're all called to go and make disciples. And so our mission is simply to gather to grow and to go. So we gather together to grow together, to go together, to gather more people so they can grow and they can go. And we talked about the way that we gather and that's in public services like we do today in micro churches, which are a more personal um, gathering of people and in packs, which is just between two and four people, just mentoring each other, discipling each other. And we talked about that we want to be people who grow, people who listen both to those who are mentors in our lives and listening to the voice of God. We want to be people who learn constantly. You know, there's no point in your Christian faith when you've arrived. You know, you can go through Bible college after Bible college and be a a theologian and a master's, but you still always should be learning because our God is so amazing and so incredible. And the day that we think we've arrived is the day we've absolutely missed the point. And we want to be people who grow by actually outworking what we learn through acts of love. And we want to be people that go first into the areas that God's called us to care for. And we talked about that, those people that you see every day, your family, your close friends, and, and the people at work who you associate with, God's placed you in a position to care for those people spiritually. And then it's no coincidence you live where you live. Or it's no coincidence that you're part of certain clubs. And so that's the community that you're also called to go and be a shining light of Christ to. And then as we navigate those areas where we're responsible for people's spiritual welfare, what we usually find is there's a calling on each of our lives, some to be pastors, some to be evangelists, some to be teachers, all different gifts, and we outwork that calling as well. Today I want to spend a little bit of time on Resonate DNA and the accent we want to develop as a church. Now DNA, 
or you always hear about it. Has anyone ever Googled and, and thought, what actually is DNA? Do you know it's an acid? It's abbreviation for a very hard word to say, which I'm not going to say. But it's an acid in the chromosome in the centre of the cells of living things. And DNA determines the particular structures and functions of every cell. And I love this, is responsible for characteristics being passed on from parents to their children, from one cell to the child cell, to the next cell. The truth is, and the Bible describes it very clearly, that discipleship is also like a parent and child relationship. And it's important that we grab a hold of Resonate DNA so that as we gather and as we grow and as we go and make disciples, they will carry on those same characteristics. So Paul in the Bible says, follow me as I follow Christ because there's a DNA in Christ that Paul is getting and then he's passing on to those who are being discipled by him. And see, over the next 24 to 48 months, we're going to plant various resonate gatherings in areas like Tarthra, Eden, Chira Beach, Naruma, Bermagui and every other community in between. And it's important that it has the same DNA. And what I love about DNA is it's there's an evidence of DNA in any family, yet every member still possesses their own personality. And as we go out and plant many types of resonate church gatherings, we want the DNA of those gatherings to remain the same. We also want to allow for the personalities of each different place. You know, you can see that in our kids, just as Yasmin, Zayda and Zalia. They all look similar, as in people always say, actually strangers always come up to me down the street and go, well, you can tell they're your kids. I hope it's because they're so well behaved, just like me. And yet you can see that they are. They are the same. You can see they're our kids, that they're Muslim kids, so many similar traits, so many similar characteristics and values, yet they also have these absolutely unique personalities. I want to open the Bible now, and it's, it's not up on screen, but if you're looking... Yeah, I know, I know. I just pretended I was in control. Um, I want to read through this. So if you've got your Bibles, you can open it and uh, make sure I'm not making this up. But I'll be reading from John 13, 1 to 17. Again, one of my favourite scriptures in the Bible. And I do say that every time I read a passage of scripture. But I really like this one. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the ends. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped the towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into the basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realise now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. 
Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Don't you love Simon Peter? He's just like all in or nothing. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So what we see in this passage is the DNA that we want our church to be all about. See, this passage, Jesus is in the latest stages of his life. It's the wind down. There's not that much time left before he will go to the cross, give his life for all of us. And he's lived a life that's been fantastic, that's been powerful, that's been worthy of praise, worthy of fame, worthy of honour. And as you read that, you could excuse Jesus for wanting to have a final few months where it was all about serve him, all about his benefit, about him being looked after, about him not doing the hard work or the menial tasks. Yet in this passage, we see Jesus focused on what is to come, not on what he could just get out of the status that he could have claimed. He knew that he would soon be sacrificed for the salvation of the whole world. And Jesus' focus was simply on being that saviour. We also see Jesus use one of the final teaching opportunities towards his disciples to perhaps demonstrate the greatest faith lesson of all, which is servant leadership. And we know from our study of Scripture that everything Jesus did was actually led by the power and prompting of the Holy Spirit. What do you mean by that, Jacob? You know, while Jesus was on earth, he was 100% human and 100% God. And I understand if you're into maths, that's hard to uh, fathom. Yet in his time on earth, he refrained from using his divinity. Instead, he was led by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is what powered him to do miracles for words of knowledge, for all the things that we saw him do. And that's actually why he tells us that we can do greater things than even he, not because um, because he was a human who took on the power and presence of the Holy Spirit and we have that same power that raised him from the dead. And so the truth is if, God, if Jesus used his divinity, then you and I would go, well, how can we do that? Because we aren't in that same divinity. But he took on the power and presence of the Holy Spirit and we have that available to lead us. But that's another sermon and I don't want to preach too much today on that. But I'd like to propose to us that at Resonate Church, the natural leaning within us, the rhythm of our hearts, our DNA needs to be based from this example of Jesus. Can we click over? Is my clicker working? No. And our DNA words are simply saviour-loving, servant-leading and spirit-led. And I want to unpack them briefly. Saviour-loving. It has to be a two-focused area in our lives. 
that firstly, we love the Saviour above all else for His actions of salvation to us. But we also must love those who are yet to be saved enough to pray for them, to focus on them, position ourselves so that they can meet the Saviour. And the question that we should ask ourselves is, are we focused on our salvation for what He has done for us in love and what He will do for others in love? And do we speak about that? I was really challenged this week because the truth is if, if someone gave me a gift that was so worthy and so incredible, I'd be ringing people and I'd be telling them about it and I'd be posting it on Facebook. Now, do we do that with our salvation? Or are we just, have we lost the wonder of our salvation? We want to be a church that's so excited each time we come here, each time we gather, remembering and focusing and thanking and loving our Saviour for what He's done in our lives and what He will do in others. Do we love salvation? The second one is servant leading. I never want a leader in our church to believe that because they are a leader, others should do things for them. My expectation from leaders in Resonate Church is that they are the first people to volunteer when the hard work needs to be done, that they are the last ones standing when the work needs to be done because Jesus based his leadership not on around what he can get from his leadership but what his leadership can do for others. The washing of the feet in this passage is not a pleasant task. Okay, think open sandals. Think dirt roads shared by animals and humans alike. You know when you get dog poo on the bottom of your shoe? Imagine an open sandal and, and, and cows, all sorts of animals walking, sharing the roads. See, washing of the feet in that day and age, was not a status job of any particular note. It was not a platform ministry type role. It was usually done by servants of the house, not by guests, not by the host, and definitely not done by a teacher or a rabbi. Yet Jesus displayed no hint of self-entitlement. And I pray that every level of leadership at Resonate Church remains the same. And the third DNA word is spirit-led. Do you know, we are a Pentecostal church. We won't shy away from that. We would teach what it means to be spirit-led. And I love the passage, Luke 4, verses 18 and 19. It says, it's Jesus coming out and declaring the spirit and he's, um, he's, he's um, quoting from um, Isaiah. It says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom from the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Now, I love this whole chapter and please go home and read Luke 4 because at the beginning of the chapter, we say it says that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert or wilderness, depending on your translation. And in there he was tempted. And then in verse 14, it says, when he's come out of that time period in the wilderness, it says, full of the Spirit, who is led to Galilee. And then he starts his public ministry declaring the Spirit of the Lord is on me. 
And what I love is we see that both in hard times and in ministry times, so in good all the time, not just in a moment on a Sunday when we're praying for someone for healing, but at all times led by the Spirit. Are we led by the Spirit in the good times and bad or just on those moments when we're at a conference or we're in those when it's easy? But uh, in our hard times, in our storms, in our trials, in our temptations, are we led by the Spirit? We want that to be the DNA of this church. Being led by the Spirit is not just about power to minister. It's also for our personal walk, for every moment and situation in every day of our lives. And I want to say that the Holy Spirit is not weird. People are weird and sometimes weird people have the Holy Spirit and it messes with all of our heads. But the truth is the Holy Spirit is not weird. It's not weird to get a word of knowledge for someone and to know what's going on in their world and to speak into their life and bring healing and encouragement and hope to their situation. It's not weird to see someone who's battling from some sort of addictions or or struggles in life to be prayed for and through the power and presence of the Holy Spirit for them to be set free from that. It is not weird for someone who is sick to be healed in Jesus' name through the power of the Holy Spirit. Here at Resonate, we believe in the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit to heal, to cast out demons, to set people free. And so our DNA words are this, Saviour loving, servant leading and spirit led. Next slide. What about the accents? Do you know, every group of people have an accent and it doesn't mean they speak a totally different language. For example, many different countries speak English, but not all English-speaking countries sound the same. You can tell a citizen of America from a citizen of Australia and one from England or New Zealand. All speak the same language, all with a different accent. Philippians 3 verses 17 to 20 says, Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I often told you before, and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, whom by the power that enables him to bring bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. I want to suggest to us as a church that like our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, we have a citizenship in heaven and not here on earth. And so that as Christians, citizens of heaven, we need to speak a different language to the world. And it's the same as other Christians and it's the same as every other church who declares Jesus as Lord and Saviour. And I want to suggest that that language has to be faith, hope and love. That's another sermon, but we'll preach that another day. So we share this Christian language of faith, hope and love with many other churches, just like the Americans share English with us. We speak the same language, yet the accent of Resonate Church can be and should be identifiable. It should be unique to us. 
as I spend some time praying through, thinking through, studying accents. The other thing that came to me strongly this week is that accents are learnt. They catch on. The longer you spend time in a place, the more you start to sound like that place. All those Australian um, movie stars or, or singers who spend a lot of time in America, eventually, even though they're Australian, they start to sound a lot more like Americans because they've spent a lot of time there and we both speak English and all of a sudden their accent starts to change to sound like the place where they reside. Accents are developed over time and they're caught. I believe our accent should be the following three things. Next slide. Awesome. The resonant accent should be encouraging, empowering and equipping. The first one is that we are to encourage. We are encouraging. Hebrews 10 verses 24 and 25 says, And let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. I'll say this really bluntly. The opposite of encouragement is to discourage or dishearten or dissuade or to hurt or to uninspire or agitate, to annoy, to deter, to dull, to repress, to sadden, to trouble, to upset, to weaken, to confuse, to dampen, to deject or dispirit. And if that's in your language and or your accents, and you wish for that to remain part of your vocabulary, you're probably not really going to fit in here. I was going to say you're not wanted here, but that might be a bit hard, hey? But if we learn to speak the language of faith, hope and love and have an accent that sounds encouraging, empowering and equipping, then you'll find a home here. See, the words that are opposite to encourage, they are actually not part of the Christian language at all. And it is our job to make sure it doesn't slip into the accents that we develop. Those words that are the opposite are actually the language of this world, which we are not citizens of. Because the truth is our faith makes us encourage. Christian hope and Christian hope is an assurance of the things of Christ. You know, it's not the, the world's version of hope, which is, oh, maybe I wish that that would come true. But Christian hope is actually assurance of what we know and that is promised in Christ. Christian hope helps us encourage. And love is displayed as we encourage. The second accent word is empower. And you might ask, what's the difference between encourage and empower? I'm glad you ask. The difference between empower and encourage is that empower is to give permission, power or the legal right to do something, while encourage is to mentally support, to motivate, give courage, hope or spirit. Now see, Jesus encouraged the disciples to pursue faith in Him, right? And then He encouraged them to be disciples. And then the difference is then He empowered them into ministry. He encouraged them in faith and empowered them in ministry. And he empowered them to make disciples. This church is a united people who will encourage each other and others into faith and into discipleship. And it will then empower them 
That is to give them permission, power and the right to go and make other disciples. We're an empowering church, not just an encouraging church, but also an empowering church. And the third accent is that we are equipping. See, the truth is you can't encourage someone in their faith and then empower them into mission without equipping them for that mission. We want to be a church that naturally equips people in what they are called to do. And this is an accent that we're developing. I'm not saying we're there yet, but this is what we're, we're growing towards and we're getting stronger and stronger. And the truth is, as we, as we spend time in this, that accent should get stronger and stronger and more unique and noticeable. So when someone asks the questions, well, how do I pray? My hope is that we as a church encourage them that they can pray. We empower them that they will pray. And then we equip them in how to pray. We want to be a church that equips people with every single resource needed, not just to live a life of faith, but a life that shares faith, that grows others' faith and equips others in their faith and how to share faith and how to grow faith. We're encouraging, we're empowering, and we're equipping. My prayer is that accent continues each week, each, each time we meet to get stronger and stronger as we resonate together in the years ahead. So to summarise our two weeks, our series called This Is How We Resonate. Resonate Church, we amplify the gospel in a new sound as we gather, grow and go. We gather in public, in personal and in packs. We grow as we listen, we learn and love and we go into our own areas of care, community and into our calling. Our DNA is to be saviour-loving, servant-leading and spirit-led. And as we are resonating, we speak the language of faith, hope and love and the accent we develop is encouraging, empowering and equipping. And church, that is how we will resonate. I'm going to pray. And um, as Daryl said, we're going to close our service and we're going to go and we're going to hang out and have a lunch together. If you're new or visiting, we'd love you to share in our lunch. Um, after we finish lunch, we're going to have probably about a half an hour block where we're going to run through some of the, the changes and roles and a little bit of training around um, how we're gathering at the moment. Um, and so we'd love you. Well, everyone's welcome to stay and, and hear and be part of that as well. Father God, we thank you for this church we thank you that you've brought this group of people together. We just thank you that you love us. We thank you for our salvation story. Lord, help us be people who love that, who focus on that, who share that, and who are so excited to be some small part in other people's salvation story too. Lord, as we gather together, as we grow together and as we go together, we pray that you are there with us, leading us, guiding us. Lord, we pray that we speak your language of faith, hope and love. Lord, we pray that our accent would be one that is encouraging, empowering and equipping. Lord, continue to have your way in this place. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Resonate Podcast. Jesus, my love, my God.